0: So, Mr. Chairman, uh, distinguished guests, thank you for being here today. It's a pleasure to be with you. I'm Hara Georgopoulou. I'm head of uh, the maritime advisory team in Piraeus for DMV. And uh, today with us, we have a panel that uh, comprises of leaders of the shipping uh, family that are going to share their experience and their insights on a broad and difficult topic about optimizing fleet management, and performance. So we expect to set the expectation to hear about best practices about ship management. So we have today with us uh, Mr. Prabhat kumar Jha, Group Managing Director and CEO for MSC Ship Management in Cyprus, Mr. Nicolas Vaporis, uh, Chief Technology Officer for pa- Capital Ship Management, Mr. Mark O'Neill, President and CEO of Columbia Ship Management, and Mr. Fabian Fusek, co-founder and CEO of Kaikosystems so let's start by setting the scene for our topic so I would like to ask uh, mr. Ja as managers (coughs) of uh, could uh, we could say colossal uh, fleet of uh, containers could you kindly provide us with uh, the general perspective about what comprises optimal ship management
1: Thank you, Hara. First of all, uh, good morning to everyone and uh, I think uh, being in ship management is uh, I consider it very privileged because everything that the industry discuss, we are the ones we have to put it back into actual use. We talk about the technology, we talk about the fuel and everything else. So this is basically where everything that being discussed has to become a success. So, I think whatever the best practices we can see, there will never be enough. We need to continuously innovate and learn every day. But what is most important is that in this service that Ship Management is providing from the new building to the recycling, is that everything is people-centric. And we need the right people everywhere. We talk about the right crew on board the ships. We talk about the right people in the office to provide the right support that is required. This is the key, actually, that how good a ship management company is, what are the best practices, depends solely on the crew quality that we have. So whatever investment that we do in the training the people, the upskilling the people, so that they can run the ships with the new technology, is never enough. So I think, you know, for us, this is our key, that we invest a huge amount of, you know, effort, investment in training the people, to make sure that they are future ready. They are ready to run the ships today with making sure that ships are navigationally safe, the personnel on board are safe, and the cargo that is being carried is safe, actually. Then they are ready to adopt to the new technologies. We, we talk about uh, a different range of the technology that is going to be coming today. Unless these are the people who are ready, we cannot succeed in becoming a net zero industry. So, I think, you know, I mean, my whole focus will be on on the crew, crew, crew. And, you know, I think we are doing something probably good because we are talking about MSC. We have almost 98% crew retention. And this is something that we are extremely proud, you know. And uh, I I must say that though we are running a colossal fleet, uh, uh, but I'm personally making sure that I personally approve all the Masters and chief and Promotions. I know all these names by, by heart. And I believe that uh, this gives these people extra touch that they feel valued in the company. And same thing uh, that, you know, on, in the short side, that people need to be of the right value and the right knowledge so they can supplement anywhere the crew needs the support because the office has to earn the respect, not because it is an office, but because of the support they can provide to run the crew, uh, to give to crew to run the ships much better. So in my opinion, this is the the main Essence, you know. Then we can talk about the processes. We can talk about the systems. And I think being a ship management gives us a lot of opportunity to uh, innovate and, I mean, pilot many new technologies, like we have done in radical degrading of the ships or even the retrofitting of the ships. Previous panel talked about the net zero. We talked about the methane uh, slip from the LNG ships. Talking about uh, taking the initiative on the methane abatement from the industry. So I believe being in the ship management is. We are providing the solution to everything that a shipping needs today. And I, I think, uh, uh, you know, I will let uh, other panelists uh, add more into it. So it is all about the people, systems and processes, which we continue to learn every day, actually.
0: Actually, you gave me the lead to go to Mr. Vaporis and ask uh, about the current strategies for uh, monitoring the sustainability of operations. So we speak about a broad spectrum that has uh, people, machine, algorithms and the the trade. How can uh, strategies for monitoring the sustainability of operations, in example, through digital fuel performance uh, monitoring systems, how can these tools support?
2: Okay, thank you, Hara. Uh, Thanks to Capital Link for inviting us. Uh, Well, I will talk how, how we do it in Capital. Uh, The previous speaker said a lot about uh, optimal uh, ship management and I will now try to touch a little bit on the digital aspect of uh, fuel performance. Uh, It's a long time now. Mm. Most of us are investing uh, on uh, technologies on board ships and uh, technologies in the office in order to monitor and. uh, improve the consumption of, of ships. What is important for us is the human element. Because no matter how much money we are spending on technologies, no matter how much money we are spending on softwares, uh, how much money on new buildings, to have all these modern elements on board, the human element is always the key factor if you want to bring down your operational cost and uh, Reduce the fuel consumption. So, like the previous speaker, it is more important that the people on board do understand the systems that we that we install on ships, how they run, the telemetry, the operational KPIs that are given to them, and likewise in the office, we have to work with them in order to achieve our KPIs and, uh, and uh, improve our, our, our efficiencies. So, human element, I think, is more important than having the sensors on board uh, and the software in the office.
0: Excellent. So, exactly on this topic, about technologies and people, what uh, for Mr. O'Neill, what are you doing in your company to optimize management, combining these two factors together?
3: Good morning, everybody. And I I was interested to learn at the start that this is the year of youth in Cyprus, which explains my position on the panel. Um, No, look, I think um, ship management and ship operation, uh, optimization it's all about a change of approach. Uh, This is not about third-party management or second-party management. Uh, it's about one-party management. This is not a question of in-house or out-house. It's a question of one house. Uh, it's all about partnership and one team. And I think we've learned that uh, as traditional third-party managers over the last few years. I think it, the whole industry has, uh, has learned that. I think optimization of performance is a partnership between technology Clearly, uh, people, as, as Nicholas said, I mean, the human element is massively important, um, uh, but it's also about best practice and the systems in place that uh, the Prabhat uh, talked about. So it's a, a partnership between those three uh, those three factors. As far as technology is concerned, clearly we all have to harness the latest developments uh, that are out there. Uh, within the Columbia Group, we have uh, fantastic partners one of them is sitting uh, next to me uh, fabian kaiko um, but we have other partners one link we have fuel link we have bunker link uh, we have uh, oceanly performance systems technology is of critical importance and that's something that none of us uh, can can uh, ignore then of course we have the people and the human element is is massively important there's no doubt that uh, a properly motivated people force Uh, be it on board the vessel or ashore, will lead to much better results, irrespective of technology. The human element is, is, is really, really important. And I think if this industry lacks in one thing, It is having a proper, sophisticated human resource management system, both ashore and on board our vessels. We have to get better at looking after our people. We have to get better at motivating our people, ensuring that our crews are properly motivated, properly compensated, properly fed, properly uh, looked after from a medical and a mental health perspective, um, properly Uh, educated and trained, and that applies also for uh, our staff ashore, that they have a proper career structure, they know when they can be expected to go through the ranks and then come ashore, and that our people ashore know how they will have a proper career structure as well. So I think the shipping industry as a sector has to really make significant advances there um, in order to catch up with, with other sectors. And then I think when you look at all of those three factors, so the technology, the people, and the processes, and the processes Prabhat's talked about, then also I think uh, the industry needs to see its place better in the wider logistics framework. I mean, the days of shipping industry being this uh, isolated sector, this splendid isolation, uh, are over. We have to see ourselves in the context of the wider logistics framework. Some of the bigger companies, uh, of which Prabhat is... uh, 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 an employee see that and it's it's not by accident that some of the bigger companies are investing in uh, haulage or investing in terminals investing in airlines etc they get it and the rest of us have to get it too and one of the key uh, solutions to us getting it is a common IT platform. We still don't have a common IT platform so that ships can talk to shore, can talk to crews, can talk to airlines, can talk to haulage, Uh, we need that common IT platform. When you look at the airline industry, the airline industry have a predominant IT backbone provided by a company called CETA. We need that in the maritime space so that all of this hangs together, and all of this is able to communicate in the same way, that people on board can effectively communicate with people on shore, that, that we can have visibility, that we can identify with all of our people and all of our resources. Until that happens, we won't achieve complete or true optimization. But we're getting there, and I think there's, there's reasons to be optimistic.
0: Actually, you, you spoke about uh, the development of an IT bo- uh, backbone uh, that uh, combines not only the shipping uh, sector activities, not only the ship management activities, but also across the logistics sector. So getting out of our silo as an industry. This is something that uh, there are efforts right now happening.
3: Yeah, but we have, uh, at the moment, we all have our baubles. Uh, We all have our baubles to hang on our respective Christmas trees, performance, uh, tools, tablets etc etc but they're baubles what what is lacking is the christmas tree uh each of us has our own christmas tree which we think is the best but it's not uh and what we see in other sectors is that christmas tree that common it backbone which allows us all to talk to one another and optimize and and that's i think the challenge for the industry so that you know at the moment we have hundreds of different ectis systems we have uh, all speaking a different it language this is above my my pay level but but i understand it we need to have that uh, that common backbone so that a passenger uh, checking in at heathrow uh, will have all of the information passed through to the cruise ship he or she gets on um, in, in one of the cruise, in the, one of the cruise ports, and the cabin is is set up as he or she wants it, and the luggage finds its way there. That's the sort of backbone and the cruise sector uh, scenario that I'm talking about. The same applies uh, in in commercial shipping so that vessels can talk to ports in a much better way and and cargo operations can be optimized uh, in a much better way, and through cargo operations can be optimized. so that's the backbone that we're talking about
0: So moving to Mr. Fusek. And uh, taking advantage of uh, the position uh, just explained by uh, Mr. O'Neill, do you believe that uh, AI can be used? How can we leverage from AI, which is not only about digital transformation, it's about exploiting the information further to generate more information? How can that help management
4: yeah, thank you very much for this uh, question and thanks for having me on this panel uh, with this very experienced gentleman and um, I hope to share a perspective of the observer in the industry and um, the perspective of a, um, of, a, of a provider of solutions and I want to um, go into that point and a question about technology by giving some examples of current challenges that we are uh, observing with, uh, with our customers. So two examples that are on everybody's mind uh, right now are uh, SIA 2.0 on the uh, tanker and uh, the wet fleet, and uh, more scrutiny in port state control uh, across the world, uh, especially in MOUs like uh, China or uh, Australia. And these two examples present two two different uh, challenges that result in the same uh, takeaway from our perspective. So SIA 2.0, is a completely renewed ship inspection regime for the uh, wet fleet. And it presents especially small and medium-sized uh, uh, companies with tremendous uncertainty, which means they don't know what they don't know because they were, for example, not involved in the first few phases. And so there's a lot of, um, yeah, uh, need to to reassess and to completely rethink existing processes because the old ones are not applicable anymore. On the other hand, port state controls are a staple um, regulatory practice, but they are executed with much, with much more scrutiny than before. So existing processes, again, have to be reassessed um, as, yeah, what in the past may have been a code 17 rectified before departure, but not really a ground for detention, might now result in a, in a code 30 immediately. And so the execution of existing processes Needs to be, um, yeah, um, guided much more heavily. So, so what existingly or currently has been focusing on being compliant and having compliant processes is not doing the job anymore. As just process compliance doesn't get you where you want to go, you need performance processes. So, reassessing all your processes in light of performance—that um, is really—and I hope to bridge the gap here. That is really where new technology such as AI comes in, as. Um, you need to reassess what is, you know, eating up your time, like which are the processes that are taking a lot of time but not bringing a lot of value and just automate them, plain automate them, try to take them away and refocus the process on what matters, on the performance. So when it comes to onboard operations, really focusing on the work that the human element that was talked about so much, um, they're really focusing on the work that is being done and making it easier for the people to do a better job, uh, both on shore um, and on board, by enhancing and empowering those processes that bring value. And that's where AI comes in. Um, it's about making sure that assessments are objective and that processes are completed in the expected and an appropriate effort um, and less just going through the motions and being compliant, because clearly that uh, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't cut it anymore. That's the observer perspective that I I want to share in this round.
0: But coming back to the matter that uh, the other uh, um, participants in the panel have uh, uh, highlighted, the matter of uh, the human element, how does that connect uh, to this whole scene? And do you feel, uh, Mr. Fusek, that there is a renewed sense of appreciation of the human element and when do you expect that we will see such modules also being incorporated in this whole digital transformation schema?
4: Yeah, I think the the motion is uh, is underway. Uh, you can't deny that a lot has changed in the last few years. When we started with with Kaiko Systems um, about three three and a half years ago, the you could think that most of the focus was about automating everything. Uh, there was a um, you could sense there was a feeling of oh there might not be seafarers at all on the ships in a few years anymore. And I think that sentiment has um, uh, fully changed. And therefore, I think you can say there is a, new, a renewed appreciation for the, the, for the human element and empowering these processes. Where previously a safety inspection might take seven hours um, and um, afterwards the documentation takes another se- seven hours just to be compliant. This process is being rethought and the question is, is that necessary or is that just compliant? Does that drive performance or do we just go for the motions because um, it is regulated or expected? And so making, making it easier for the crews and for the people to do a better job um, in this context of increased scrutiny, uncertainty, I think that is the, the common theme that is, um, that is visible right now.
3: Could I, could I just add something there? I, I, I think before we obsess too much about artificial intelligence, I think the focus should be on human intelligence and enhancing human intelligence. And the, one of the wonderful things, uh, among the many wonderful things that Kaiko Systems affords, it, it, it enhances human intelligence. What we see too much in this industry, not just in this industry, is people don't think enough. Uh, Uh, and and people ashore perhaps don't think enough about what life as a seafarer involves and the challenges. uh, We don't identify enough with the seafarers on board. Technology can help that. Technology can help enhance our human intelligence and give us greater visibility and identification with all of our staff, be they ashore, uh, and on board our vessels. So I think that's uh, one of our greatest challenges, enhancing human intelligence rather than looking to artificial intelligence as as a solution.
0: That's a, that's an excellent point, um, Mr. Chairman. Would you like to make uh, a position on that or uh, a question to our uh, panelists?
5: If, if I may, I'd like a, a question. As to the panel, if each one can give their personal view, um, from your experience, how efficient and smooth is the interoperability of the new digital platforms for from the point performance monitoring, compliance, and reporting? Secondly, are there any steps to be taken to ensure that this becomes more safer and more compatible in future? Thank
1: you. Yeah. <clears throat> I believe the, the performance monitoring systems are, you know, if you buy something which is, you know, ads available from the shelf, it's not going to work. Because you know, the, the, the shipping, you know, unlike airlines, you're operating a different kind of fleet and different speed, bulk carrier, car carriers, container vessels, tanker different safety standards different schedule different priorities i mean for example i mean uh, we are talking of the container vessels where we are carrying maybe 2000 reefers and we are carrying the cargo where we are making atmosphere inert by having nitrogen inside the the reefer containers so this is a completely different it has to be highly customized to suit the services for the ships that we are operating number one number two it has to be exactly what is the motive are we trying to just comply with the regulation, or we are trying to provide a customer service, so I think you know what we are being driven by is the customer service, and because regulatories are always the minimum, they always meet up the standard when you meet the customer service requirements. so we have to see that how we can step up and have these digital solutions as an enabler to any new technology to efficiency to to make any retrofits that is that is required. so I believe it is it has to be highly customized, and today no systems are interchangeable, you know we talk about something as ship management is highly uh, play i mean i would say the, the we have a biggest problem is the transparency we we take over a second hand vessel and there you lose complete record in history actually we'll be very pleased to have a IT backbone that we can inherit the planned maintenance system of the vessel because this is the first step in establishing a right safety you do not do the turbocharger running hours for god's sake next day after the takeover it's going to break down and you have to tow the vessel actually so I think this is what we would like to have it in, in the ship management all. You know.
0: Mr. Vaporis, can I ask you along the same framework that Mr. Jara described, what is your company's approach in integrating advanced technologies uh, for, like automation, like data analytics?
5: Okay,
2: I will uh, refer to new buildings since uh, the previous speaker talked about uh, existing ships. As you know, uh, Capital has a vast uh, program of uh, new buildings. Every day we take uh, new ships in uh, from various shipyards. And uh, this makes our uh, operations extremely difficult. It is known to everybody that shipyards from Korea, every shipyard has its own performance monitoring, AI, uh, navigational, uh, cyber uh, systems in place. Uh, somehow, they're given to you a spree when you order the ship and uh, the same applies to chinese shipyards because the designer office in china and the shipyards in china they also come with their solutions and then the vessel gets to the delivery date and we have the difficult task to bring all these uh, systems and all this information to one common platform which is our uh, our own uh, platform so it is very challenging this truth is very challenging uh, we have no other option that uh, invest in uh, in uh, equipment on board and uh, people at shore. Uh, we will continue uh, because this is our, our, uh, our job. Yeah, our target is to adapt uh, in order to survive.
3: Can I, can I add something there? I think we're all, each and every one of us, whether we're ship management or, or uh, owners operators, we're service providers. And I think it's important for all of us, teaching us all to suck eggs, to give the client what they want not what we think they want. Uh, We all have to be client-facing. So it's as dangerous to be too far ahead of the digital curve uh, as too far behind. You have to be on the lip of the wave. and that's why i think uh, coming back to what prabhat said is absolutely right we have to it's horses for courses uh, some some of us will need more digitalization and more digital solutions than than others uh, others might not need it don't digitalize what you don't need to digitalize you'll spend a lot of money uh, and a lot of hard work the approach we've taken is a platform of uh, services. So the, the, the partner we have, One Link, it's a pick and mix. You can have your fuel link, you can optimise your bunker uh, solutions, you can have your lube link, uh, you can have your Oceanly performance, you can have your, uh, you know, your One Care uh, solutions for your for your crew, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, or you can have none. You can pick and mix. And what you mustn't do is choose a system that you have to train your people on each and every time. So each system is different. What we've tried to do is keep the training down to an absolute minimum so it looks and feels the same, whatever of those optionalities you you choose. Because our people have enough to do without attending various IT courses uh, to learn how to use various different incompatible platforms they all have to be compatible they all have to look and feel the same and they all have to be uh, idiot proof uh, so that people like me can understand them and use them uh, easily and effectively so that's that's the, that's the approach but they give the client what they want not what we think they want and, and what they actually need
0: excellent point and uh, mr. fusek can i ask you from the technology provider uh, side from one to ten where do we stand in this interoperability that uh, Mr. Chairman uh, described? And all the different uh, panelists have described the difficulties, the different uh, systems and yards coming from uh, the new building stage.
4: Yeah, uh, thank you, Kara. Uh, You're setting me up for a very controversial uh, statement here because I'm not sure if we're on the scale yet. Um, interoperability is a, a huge topic and it's one that we talk about uh, day in, day out. And as Mark said, the um mix and match uh, pick and choose approach um, that allows people to and companies to pick the best and breed solution that is really the state of the art in many other industries in shipping we're faced with tremendous difficulties when it comes to um this approach and um it all comes down to incentives and it all comes down to the um yeah modernization aspect of, of, of software. A lot of software was introduced during a time where interoperability was not really built in into the technology stack. So when um, you're trying to upgrade a certain part of your system but keep the rest, you're faced with, yeah, as I said, incentive problems as well as technological problems. Um, the technological problems are usually, um, it's possible to, to overcome these problems if the demand is strong enough. So if a customer demands um, their software and their solutions to be interoperable, um, there usually is a way, um, but then the incentives um, to offer this interoperability are often not there because um, yeah, why would you um, invite a best in breed solution in your um, in your broad um, broad technology stack that has been working good enough um, and by that face the face the um, possibility of uh, losing market share, for example, or um, being faced with competition in a market where um, monopolies have um, or oligopolies have, um, have been the norm. So um, yeah, I guess to, summar- to summarize it, the technology is not the problem, it's doable and uh, there are more than enough uh, solutions out there and my ask would be to demand that solutions um, are to be found. Um, and uh, do that um, strong enough and credible and then uh, i think interoper- interoperability is um, much easier to achieve than um, it is um, it is sometimes perceived to be
0: excellent point about uh, made by mr o'neill and uh, uh, mr fusek on uh, educating people and uh, being capable to adjust to different versions of the software, or even changing the software to adapt to the market uh, and uh, people uh, knowledge bases. And also, before, uh, in the first session of the Capital Link, just to remind you that Miss uh, Hajimanolis, Her Excellency, defined that, uh, said uh, that uh, crew education is important, and actions are taken according to, uh, along this line. And that, uh, I think, comes, coming back to me, you, Mr. Ja, how setting the right culture and mindset in a company can support along this line
1: i think the you know we can have the right people we can have the right technology but if we don't have the right mindset and the culture the success of this is going to be a big question mark so i think that everything has to start with the right culture you know for example you know we talk about the efficiency, you know, we can have everything system set on board. We can have even the new building and imagine a chief engineer who is running two generators on board because he thinks, no, 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 I would not like to run at 85%. I better run at uh, only 50% two generator. So we're just talking about, but this is something we cannot, you know, have it on people overnight. This is something takes year to implement. And this is why I believe the companies who have this right culture and invested in the people training, mindset, their development are going to be a winner in this decarbonisation and race. So this is super important. I mean, talk about the safety. Again, it is... Absolutely the mindset, nothing else you know every company has a policy. Uh, some companies have excellent track record, some companies have the bad track record. It is all about the culture and the mindset of the people that is there. so for us, it is super, super important, and this is also integrated in our core values of the company, about the family company and and and, you know, and, and how we are passionate about the continuous evolution, everything else. So in my opinion, this is super important in order to have the right success from the right people and and the let's say the technology that we will have on board ships.
0: Mr. Vaporis, can I ask you to reflect on this uh, question as well, from uh, your company's perspective?
2: You cannot go far if you have no uh, company culture. That's uh, known to everybody. Uh, my previous job as surveyor for Lloyd's Register, uh, we had a strong culture, in Capital we have around Strong culture driven by, uh, by our principle. Uh, and uh, in order to have a, a strong culture, you need to invest again in people. Uh, this is not something that comes from technology. Uh, you have to employ the right people at the right time. Uh, people at a certain age. It takes some more time to, to adapt to our culture. Younger people adapt faster. Uh, it's very important. Uh, at Capital, uh, we are very, very, very strong uh, supporters of, of our culture.
0: Thank you.
3: And culture has to evolve. Uh, culture can't be written in stone. Um, as a company evolves and times change, so uh, the, the culture has to evolve with it. When I came Uh, to Columbia, we had five very strong core values set by uh, our chairman. We added two more, uh, uh, two years ago, diversity and sustainability, because times change. And uh, 20 years ago, diversity and sustainability, people would have scratched their heads and said, said what? Uh, I'm happy to, very proud to report, that we have three women in the top uh, 100 women in shipping. And, and that came about because culture evolved and changed uh, so as an organization to have three women uh, supporting our diversity uh, culture it, it is amazing but I think look we I think we all accept that that uh, people are at the foundation of everything we do are our, our most important asset that we have to uh, invest in we have to train them uh, we have to educate them and we have to train and educate them in modern ways evolving ways not just classroom, as was done in the past, but now through e-learning platforms, through gaming, uh, all of these new technologies uh, uh, that, that are available to us now that weren't in the past, and I think that's really, really important. We have to continuously change, and as I said, be on that lip of that wave—not too much in front, so you you, you become irrelevant—but uh, absolutely on 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 the lip.
0: Yes, and and you have also highlighted this uh, cross-sectoral and. Uh, a um, broader sense of uh, how collaboration can bring into and support culture development. In example, and that's a question to Mr. Fusek, about uh, collaborate collaboration and the, your perspective, how collaboration can support you as technology provider grow and bring meaningful tools to your customers.
4: Yeah, uh, thank you. May I also add one more point to the topic of company culture, especially on board of ships? Um, I think some companies have uh, still the mindset of we need to control what the people do on board of the ships and we need to make sure that um, they follow all the procedures and so on. And that often creates a culture that um, is kind of uh, threatening um, and does not empower or incentivize um, outperformance, but basically just meeting the baseline and if your aim is the baseline, then um, a little undershooting it is, is um, usually catastrophic. Um, what, we experienced it, what we experienced when um, introducing technology to seafarers and talking to them is that seafarers actually have a tremendous amount of pride um, that they take in their work, and they are really proud in doing a very good job and outperforming. And um, I think that is something that, um, when acknowledged and, um, and incentivized right, that can really um, yeah make it much easier to... Um, foster this culture of um, accepting and um, and taking change um, as an opportunity and not as a threat, and so bringing this mix out of trust and empowering people and the sense of um, somebody cares and actually you know might double check and might look and this combination of trust and transparency, I think that is the key to. Um, to, to the culture problem um, or culture um, challenge and when it comes to, to ship shore communication, when it comes to seafarers and, and technical teams, uh, talking about superintendents, vetting managers and, uh, and the like. Um, the collaboration, um, I think, starts exactly there, between the ratings and the officers, between the ship and the shore, when the communication channels are um, effective, when the communication culture is open, and um, fostered by the sense of, of, of trust and transparency, I think then um, that is the right, um, the right foundation to, to build upon. I hope that answers the question. Thank you.
0: For sure. First of all, I would like to thank you all. I think that we have a story here to tell. The story, we started uh, talking about best practices in SIP management, and we ended up with something that is a combination between digital transformation and culture. Developmental culture, a growing and continuous improving uh, framework. So, thank you all for your points. If you would like to add thank something, you. Mr. I'd also like
5: to thank the um, uh, the panel today for, for very enlightening. One point I'd like to mention, if I can, if I may, one extra point is that the importance of the human factor and the stress and controversy which uh, the ordinary people going to see what they have to face on a day-to-day basis. I don't actually think that only only goes down to intelligence or to the ability of the company to go and direct their their crew. I think the way I look at it, being a romantic Greek, is that at the end of the day, to excel and to succeed at sea, seamen, besides actually being capable and being competent and being uh, well-trained, they have to be passionate about the sea, ladies and gentlemen. I think the sea is one of the few um, uh, professions in the world which is actually overwhelmed by romanticism and passion. And I think passion is an extra ingredient which I think you mentioned earlier, Mr. about the culture. I think the culture scenario actually includes that ingredient, especially with the Greeks here fair in the Nation. Thank you.